tuning in to the Remodel Church podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. So we've been in this new series that we've called um, Nothing New. You know, everybody's talking about new normal, new normal, new normal. Well, we're basing this series out of Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 that says, History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. And today what I want to talk about is this thing called spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy. And it reminds me of this time that Billy Bob, everybody knows Billy Bob, right? Billy Bob is the Arkansas hillbilly Redneck, snaggle to anyways, didn't, didn't mean to describe any of you. Anyway, I'm sorry, shouldn't have said that. Uh, so Billy Bob, that's who he is. He's, he's like this Arkansas hillbilly, and there's this time where he was a little bit late to a very, very important meeting. And so he's driving through a crowded parking lot, and as he's driving through, he's praying, God, please help me find a parking spot. Please help me find a parking spot. And he goes around a corner and just cars, 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 cars. God, please, please, if you'll, if you'll help me find this parking spot, I promise you I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm going to start giving tithes at the church. I'll be there every Sunday. I'll stop missing. God, please help me find a parking spot. And he turns around the next corner, and there is a parking spot right next to the front door. And as soon as he turns, turns and sees it, he says, never mind, God, I found it. Ask somebody, explain it to you later on. Y'all, y'all, y'all will get it later. But it reminds me a whole lot, and some of you guys have heard this story of, of a time whenever I was a child, and uh, we were actually meeting at the, at the building at the campus in Hatton, and my dad's preaching, and for those of you that's ever heard my dad preach, like, he is a preacher, man. He, like, he gets into it, but at the same time, my dad had this look that he would give me, and me and a couple of my friends were towards the back of the building, and we're playing. Shouldn't have been playing, but we're playing. And somehow, my dad, in the, just in the middle of his sermon and in the middle of his message, we lock eyes, and as soon as we lock eyes, I knew what that look meant. I'm trying to get that look down with Zion. Still haven't got it, but my dad had this look. So we lock eyes. I knew that that, that, that look meant you're getting a whooping as soon as we get home. So, I mean, I, I stop playing. I tell my friends, hey, leave me alone. And I start praying. And whenever I tell you I start praying, man, I start praying. God, if you make my dad forget what just happened, what he just saw, if you will make him forget, I promise you I will never play in church again. I will never say another joke. I won't even sit with my friends ever, ever again. God, if you'll please just make him forget And at the end of his message, whenever he gave that altar call, man, I sprinted to the front, and I'm praying or have my head down anyways, and I'm I'm, I'm giving one of these, you know, I wanted to make sure I was the first one there, but not only the first one, I want to make sure I was the last one to leave the altar that day. And the whole time I'm praying, God, just make him forget. God, make him forget. Whenever we start headed home, I sit in the back seat right behind him, so he can't see me in the, in the rearview mirror. We get home. I don't know if God answered my prayers or maybe I misunderstood that, that look, but he didn't say a thing to me. I didn't get a whooping. He didn't get on to me. 
And guess what I was doing that very next weekend? I was playing in church. This time my mama got me, and she got me. Let me tell you, she got me. And the reality is, it, I, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because whenever all of this just got started, when, when this whole uh, COVID-19 first started coming to the United States, you know, the church was seeing actually record highs, not attendance but because we weren't gathering, but in views. They were seeing record engagement. And, I, and, when and we're a part of that. We were seeing, man, more people were watching our services than we could have ever reached ever before. But this is exactly what happened. As time went on, the views and the engagement started to go down. And whenever all of this first started, I follow a lot of pastors, I follow some leadership podcasts, and everybody is excited. And I'm talking about um, big-time pastors are excited about how much people are engaging and, and how this is going to just grow the church. And now the last few weeks, it's more of a depressing topic because how are we going to get people get to be back engaged again? How are we going to get people back to the church? How are we going to get people back to the building? And I want to share with you guys, and I want you to know, this is why we're talking about, about it today. This is absolutely, this is actually nothing new. From the very beginning of creation, there's been these people that have followed God, that have, that have been passionate about God for a, for a time, and then they kind of forget about what God's doing, they forget about what they promised, they forget about whatever, and then they just go back to whatever it was that they were doing before. And we see this over and over throughout the Bible, man, as, as, as Moses is leading Israel out of Egypt and they're in the desert, there's times where they're just following God, they're obedient with God, they're, they're passionate about God, and then next thing you know, they're running away from God and they're following idols and they're making this golden heifer uh, to, to, to worship makes absolutely no sense. There's this guy named Samson who did the same thing. King Saul, King Solomon, even to, the Peter, to Peter and the, all of the disciples. As soon as things got difficult or as soon as Jesus was gone for a moment, they went to sleep or they went back to fishing. They went back to life as they knew it. So spiritual apathy is actually nothing new. And I want to give you guys... The definition of apathy, it's lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 17 actually addresses this. Jesus is speaking, you got to know, Jesus is speaking to a church. He's not just speaking to an individual, but he's speaking to a church of Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, 16, and 17 says, I know all things, all the things that you do. That you, need, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So Jesus is speaking to this church of Laodicea. And he's letting them know, I'm frustrated with you because you're not consistent. Because you're like lukewarm water in my mouth. I wish you were either hot or at least that you were at least cold. But because you're lukewarm, because you're not consistent, because you have so much spiritual apathy, I'm actually going to spit you out of my mouth. 
And my concern today is that many Christians find ourselves there. Matter of fact, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, those of you that have ever said a prayer like that, God, if you'll just do this, I promise I'll do this. And God, because of His faithfulness and because of His goodness, He comes through. And maybe we're passionate and maybe we're on fire for a season. But for some reason, we have short-term memory. And we forget all of the promises that we made God. We forget about His goodness and we forget about what He has done for us and what we promised we would do for Him. And here's a few things that I believe contribute to spiritual apathy. One of them I think is kind of unique to this day and time, and that is information overload. Information overload. There are so many things, man. If you're on social media, if you follow any news, there's so many things calling your attention every single day. And, and, and then even if you're off of social media, and even if you don't follow the news, and if you're raising kids, and you're trying to get them into as many programs as you possibly can at the school, then you know how impossible, how frustrating, how difficult it is, and how full your agenda, your calendar becomes. I think we, we suffer from, if you will suffer, uh, information overload. Too much going on that we can't focus on, anything, on any one thing. Another thing that I think contributes to spiritual apathy is we feel helpless, if you will. In other words, there's so many big things going on. There's so many problems in the world. There's so much going on that what I do could never possibly actually make a difference. I'm just one individual after all. We're just one family anyways, and we're just living in Podunk, Arkansas anyways. There's no way that my worship or my uh, dedication or my commitment could ever make a difference or make a dent in such a huge mountain. And then thirdly, and this is where I really think most of us are as Christians, is we are blessed, but at the same time we're cursed with comfort. We're blessed, but at the same time we're cursed with comfort. Listen to what he says in verse 17. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize, he says, that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. We're blessed, but at the same time we're cursed with comfort. I've had the opportunity to, to be in places, to be in countries where they don't have the comfort that we do. That gathering like this right here, like we are right now, is, is what they do on a regular basis. And this is actually even a cool day for them. But yet they gather and they worship so passionately. And it's because they're not cursed with this thing that we call comfort. You see, what happens is our comforts makes us believe that nothing has to change. I don't know about you guys, but I have a saying that, or there's a saying that I use a lot of times, and that is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Anybody ever said that? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And here's the problem, is because we're so comfortable, we don't even realize that it is broken. Or because we've gotten so used to the fact, we don't even realize that it is broken. In the 1800s, I have no idea 
why they, made, they did this study, but in the 1800s, a couple of scientists got together and they decided to see if they could boil a frog live. I, again, I have no idea why they did it, but I am thankful because it's relevant to today's message. So thank you guys for doing that 200 years ago. So what they did is they put this frog, or they put frogs in, in a pot and they slowly raised the heat. And what they found was that if they raised the heat slow enough that the frog would actually just stay in the pot. And it would adapt to the climate or the temperature until it was too late. And it would just, you could literally boil a live frog to death by slowly raising the temperature. And I wonder how many of us are maybe in that situation spiritually? Like we, it's normal to us to not wake up and pray every morning. We're, or we're used to not waking up and praying every morning. Or we get used to not reading our Bibles every morning or every day. We get used to not listening to worship music. We get used to not worshiping God. And before we know it, we find ourselves like Samson, one of the saddest, uh, 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 Samson and Saul. God, the Bible says the same thing about them both, is that the Spirit of God had left them and they didn't even know it. And I just wonder how many of us as Christians, not just here but around the world, how many of us have gotten to that point to where the temperature has been raised just little by little by little? But we're so comfortable and maybe we're just so used to the fact that we don't even realize anything needs to change. We've gotten used to going through our day without prayer, without worship, without filling God, without speaking to God, without having meaningful spiritual conversations with our husband or with our wife or with our children. And the reality is it's killing us and we don't even know it. It's, curing, it's killing, excuse me, our spiritual being. It's killing our souls. It's condemning us. And we don't even realize it because we've come to spiritual apathy. We're, we've been so caught up in comfort. So let me give me, my iPad just got too hot. Literally, it just got too hot. I should have printed this message off. All right, so here we go. So let me, get, let me tell you a couple of things that we need to do to be able to get over. How do we combat spiritual apathy in our lives? The first thing, one of the major things that we need to do is we need to get outside of our comfort zone. We've got to seek things that make us get outside of our comfort zone. Listen to me. Some of you guys, God has been speaking to you. And maybe for some of you, clearer than, than, than even most times, he's been speaking to you that you need to share his gospel with somebody. And you haven't done it because you're not comfortable talking about it. You haven't done it because you don't think you know enough about the Bible or you don't think you, you have all of the right answers. And let me tell you, God is asking you and he's trying to push you outside of your comfort zone. If we remain comfortable, I'm telling you, it will slowly kill us. Another thing that we need to do is we actually need to find, there's this scripture in Romans chapter 9, where Paul says that 
that the Spirit knows and, and, and He's convicted of the fact that He says, I am mourning. He says, I'm mourning. In other words, I'm in full-out pain. I, I, I'm even almost bitter that my Jewish brothers aren't following Jesus. Then He goes on to say, I would go as far as to be exiled from Christ. I would go as far as to lose absolutely everything, give my life, if they would just come to know Jesus. And so what Paul has done is he's embraced, he's not, he knows that there's this uh, righteous uh, pain inside of his, this, this righteous discomfort is the way I want to say it, inside of him, and he's embracing it. And I want to encourage you to find that in your life. Find a righteous discomfort. Find some sort of pain, something that is just not right in the world. And embrace that. Don't chase comfort. Don't run away from that. The, the lie that so many of us believe is that, hey, it's, it's okay to just not care about it. Or it's better to not even look at it. It's, it's better to, to not even think about it. No, no, no. Don't do those things. That will lead you to spiritual apathy. What we need to do is find something that breaks our heart. Literally, it breaks our heart. And then embrace that and serve that. And when we begin to do that, we will move from spiritual apathy to passionate. We will become passionate for Jesus and become passionate for His cause. And the third thing, and this is the most important thing, is you got to understand that you still need Jesus. We've got to come to this conclusion, to this realization that we in ourselves are not good enough. We need Jesus. He says, you say, I am rich. I have all that I want. I have all that I need. And then Jesus goes on to, to say that you don't even realize that you're poor, that you're wretched, that you're naked. Understand that we need Jesus. Listen, listen to me. And I say this with all respect and all love, but listen to me. Just because you're not addicted anymore doesn't mean you don't need Jesus. Just because your relationships have been restored does not mean you don't need Jesus. Just because life looks a little bit better today than what it did a year ago doesn't mean you don't need Jesus anymore. Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all need Jesus. Don't ever forget that, church. Don't ever forget that you need a Savior, that you need His forgiveness, that you need His love. I had one goal entering 2020, and that was to lead you to be more passionate about Jesus. And so today, I want to challenge you to leave spiritual apathy and move towards passionately following Jesus. Let's get out of our comfort zones, whatever that means and whatever that looks like for each individual. Let's pursue something. Let's embrace something that actually hurts us just a little bit. Let's move into spiritual discomfort. And let's understand that we need Jesus. Let me pray with you, church. If you're here this morning or if you're, just, if you're watching this online, would you just raise your hand right now if you just say, Jesus, would you move me from spiritual apathy to passionately following you? Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We ask you today that you would just please move in our hearts and in our lives. God, if we've been in spiritual apathy, 
We ask, God, that you move in us, that we would begin to move to transition to being passionately followers of you. Jesus, help us to move out of comfort. Help us to embrace whatever pain, whatever breaks our heart. Help us to embrace that. And help us to come to the realization that we need you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Thank you so much for being good to us. In your name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.